Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production. Well, we're seriously taking a break from Seriously Dad. Uh, while we're on the holiday season, we want you to enjoy a great episode. That's just a culmination of our f- first season doing this. Uh, we're so appreciative that you've been along for the ride. And we want to just do a little highlight reel of a lot of the great things we did this season on Seriously Dad and get you ready for next season. Check it out. Seriously Dad. Seriously Dad. Two father comedians out of Philadelphia. Seriously Dad. Dad. Hey everybody, how you doing? This is producer Neil Wood. I'm going to be your guide on this wrap up. We're going to kick it off with a look back at some education talk. This first one's from Noah Michaels. Great episode. Check it out. And I'll talk to you on the other side. Yeah, because Albert's talking about some things that he would like to see change. Is there something? Is there a big thing that you would like to see change? Oh in shit, your that's a great question. Kind of that's experience? it. Good question, Neil. Um, I mean, there's a lot that could be changed. Right. Um, you know, acceptance is a huge one, and and it's a hot topic. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of politics make their way into education, mm-hmm. where it's like a, a two way street. There, yeah. you know, and. Um, you know, on one side, you have just teach, right? It's just teach, just teach your content area. Don't do anything else. But on the other side, it's um, embrace what people come with, you know, um, you know, gay, uh, transgendered. Um, uh, you also have religion. Um, you're embracing everything, color of skin, you know, race, ethnicity. So, you know, as I'm getting older and kind of climbing up the path um, in my career, I'm, I'm a big believer in just teach. But at the same time, there's a lot of things that make those students unique. And in order, in order to make them feel comfortable, you have to embrace that. Going back to what we talked about with the culture. Yeah. Right. So but how much of that is taking away from the math, taking away from the science? We so just we just talked it, about this same it's, thing i'm like i'm kind of like in the middle of it because like right down the middle of it because i want to you gotta have and, a, little, a little bit of both yeah or a lot of bit of both and that's the beautiful thing about being a counselor is that what happens behind closed doors just one-on-one it makes allows those kids to be as authentic as possible and they can really come out of their shell so I don't know, to make a change, it's it's hard to know because it's very divided across the entire nation with that. So yeah. I don't really have the right answer. Too. And being yeah. a public school, and that makes public. it even harder because you can't, you have to be, like I was saying in the last episode, like I sometimes talk about my dad living in Spain because I teach language, I teach right. Spanish. But in, in the one of the episodes I had to say like, but I have to use ambiguous language when mm-hmm. I talk about my dad, why he lives in Spain and that he's married there. I never say that he's married to a guy. Right. You know, because I don't. And and then part of me saying, oh, man, I wish I could just say it. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing is I only get 45 minutes with the kids and I need to teach the lesson. Right. That's going to hold derail the lesson. And that's all yeah. they're going to hear. Yep. They're going to go home and they're going to be Mr. Yoder's teaching us X, Y and Z in the classroom. Yep. And I'm just trying to to talk. So you got to yeah. be very I got careful. a question. Yeah. Can can a can a student where don't tell me too much about where you work, but can a student just say, I want to go see the counselor and go see the counselor? Or do they need do they need a referral? Does something need to happen? Or can they just say, I think it's a good time for me to go see the counselor and do so? 
It, it, it depends. So if it's an emergency and we have a kid in crisis or a student that might be crying, could be a relationship breakup, and that teacher has 30 kids that they're trying to teach a lesson, and it's not appropriate, especially at any level, more so secondary, for those kids to kind of just be crying in the middle of class. So that would be an emergency, and those kids can come right down to guidance. Um, but for the most part, kids would fill out a referral form okay. to come see us. And um, <laughs> you're cracking a beer in the middle of that That's what we wish we could be doing in the middle of that moment. Oh yeah, especially in, in the do school you, building. Right. Do you like that system, or do do you think that someone should just be able to, or do you like the, the way it works? Well, I think that if kids just came down any which way, or, or teachers just sent them down, which is a pet peeve of mine, because we have to triage it. As one person who has that relationship with that given child, yeah, they can see someone else, but some of the, the issues are so tiny that they come with, in my mind. Okay. So my perception is, all right, well, you know, you... They're pulling a ripcord. Are they just doing it's this because like, they know uh, and it gets them out of class? They can get out. They, they, I had a situation. So there are two things to say about this. One, I had a situation. So there are protocols in place that if things are said, yep. and like a kid had made a statement in class one time where it was like they said that they 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 wanted to die. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that was because they knew that was the verbiage to that starts the protocol that makes the ship go to get them out of a situation because they were being corrected and they didn't want to be corrected. Yeah. Okay. And so they knew there was the big red button to push. And so the the game. So in the high school, what happens? Because that's where I spent most of my time. They have what they call a wrap room, which is in a student assistance room. And so there is a person there triaging that. Mm -hmm. And it's separate from guidance because guidance, that's the other thing. Like you're trying to help kids like who go might want to get gifted and might want to. And you're right, like, triaging you like, breakups. And no. like, yeah, like you're yeah. sometimes supposed to be making sure they're getting an education, but you got to do the whole child. And, and and that's the thing. So if we if students can come down anytime they want to. I could I could be in the middle of a suicide assessment with it with a student. Um, I could be on the phone with a parent who's trying to get their child evaluated for special education mm -hmm. services. On the flip side, it could be um, you know just someone's going to prom with the wrong person. That could be that. You know, to cry somewhere to cry. They're like, and there's just so much. Their, their girlfriend or boyfriend's so cheating on them. On and you're like, none of this and, fucking matters anyway. But sure. And then the social yeah. media piece. That's yeah, well, the killer, huge. guys. That's the one that the you think bullying. about it. Like when we went to school, that never was an mm -hmm. issue. Now, cell phones. It's another world that's like in their pocket or in their locker, so they don't know what yeah. messages are waiting for them. That was carryover from the previous night, and then. It's just, it's a ticking time bomb yeah. and uh, it becomes a school issue. Yes. Oh, it, even it, it always spills over into the school, right? Once it spills over into the school or a message is sent within the school building, that's when it becomes a school issue. Some I think that, have, sorry, I just, yeah. but that would be the one thing I would want to change. I think if I had, I would be like, hey, schools from now on, yep. if you are a student at a school, public school, I mean, if my country, pie in the sky dream, right? Yeah. Phones are done. Like I, I would dead zone it. I would literally have technology be like, you can't get access. Yep. So if you have a bickering between a student, like I mean, two students, 
they can't chat. They can't do anything between classes. They can't do that. Then they go home, they chill out or they, um, uh, of course we know they're going to jump on, on the bus on the way home or whatever. Right. But at the very least they've had time to chill. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just yeah. my pitch. Sorry. I think that's eventually what will happen is it'll spill over. Like that's what anything, and that's the way until it spills over. But the, the, the cyber bullying thing or that cyber piece is huge. Cause it's I not like really avoiding, right now. it's like not yeah. avoiding the, the hallway that the kid always walks down because it's a digital hallway. Like yeah. every hallway is that hallway. Now yeah. everybody knows your business. Yeah. That's like the re- there's ghosting the kids. Going, right? Yeah, I would say yeah. so. The mess with the psychological, mess with the psychological, yeah, like to- totally. be- well being of a mm-hmm. youngster, right? Is it, what goes on on those phones because it, it, it messes with the grownups. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. Most I don't think most grownups would admit that they have a problem or or even yeah. know they have a problem. But it fucks with the grownups. The grownups yeah. are acting like assholes. The grownups are missing appointments. The grownups are not getting their work done. The grownups are getting in fights. So you know, for the kid, it's got to be fucking. I learned it by that. watching mm-hmm. you, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is normal behavior. It's what you do. So and socially, the kids are just not prepared the way when we when we were younger. You yeah. know, they uh, they're just so re- reliant on the cell phone, and it's just on them all the time. And you never know when when it's going to blow yeah, up. Our middle school stopped allowing them to have it in class, mm-hmm. and that this is my first year teaching like that. Where in the high school it wasn't like that, and I gotta say, it does make a difference. And if you're more intentional with the Chromebooks and screen down, screen up, yeah. and uh, it makes a huge difference because in high school, like those kids, or well, even like before this episode, we we're up there. I'm on my phone doing something. Yeah, we're on you, were, our phone. you would yeah. ask me a question, and I totally yeah. was like checked oh, out. Human, human you're like, oh, he's on his there. phone because that's the same thing that's happening there. And to that point, they're seeing us do it. Yeah. It's this whole era. I think it's just got to run its course till right. it gets too much. And then we'll reset and we'll cleanse. But yeah. yeah, it's it's so hard because then you say, oh, okay, let's make a dead zone. I saw LA once did. LA Unified School District had the pouches that uh, were kind of like the concert pouches. Mm-hmm. But they had to be able to release them because then the concern becomes, what if there's an emergency? There's what if, I mean, my mom gave me safety. two quarters in case I had to like right. call on the walk home from school. But again, it's a different time. It's a yeah. different era. And we gotta we gotta find a way to be the manager and help them curate this new world and teach them how to use these devices. Right. And it's just it's a lot. And I- producer Neil here again. What a great conversation, right? Very informative. Our next one is really interesting as well. It's a look back at our episode with Steve Bickle and the impact his father had on him. I'm talking trade school education and options for kids who are going to learn different ways and to foster that. So I hope you enjoy it. Well, thanks for making me feel That's like why you're here, bud. <laughs> no, but I, I, I was like, with, why are you putting all this pressure on me? I, don't I work with a guy. I have a lot of pressure on me. Uh, <laughs> I work with a guy who, whose son, they, they brought a welding program into the school, and now they, they have these kids that are coming out of high school, and they're being essentially drafted by these companies Starting out at like 70 grand a year, yeah. 18 years old, yeah. making 70 grand a year because for a half hour, 45 minutes a day, they go into a welding class. Yeah, exactly. They, right. You know, when they lost all that stuff, that's why you got these people. But that's the thing. Like, I would love if my kids went into some trade. Everybody. So I, I have at least two dozen friends who are in the trades. They're doing Killing great. It. They're doing Killing they're it. great. Killing they're doing it. great. That's it. Killing I mean, I, if I go to another, this is my second home party, I'm going to fucking shoot myself in the head. Mm-hmm. Damn. But, I mean, they are. They're doing great. I went the college route, and it was a 
complete heap oh, of horse shit. Oh, they sold you a bill of shit. Yeah, they, yeah. You they, know, they, it was they, complete yeah. heap of horse shit that I came out in debt, couldn't find a job, and these guys were working, and back then were making $45,000, which was great which back was then. Which great at 19 years old. Really, and now, now, they're, now they're all getting ready to retire. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and they, you know, they, they can literally, I mean, they've already got 20 years in. So it's like, I think that's really the wave tech of the future. Programs, yeah. Tech programs. I mean, are big. The, like, like the guy I work with, his son literally has three companies right now that want to hire him starting at 70,000, yep. 18 year old making 70,000 yeah, a year. We have a great yeah. campus off of our school. So the kids leave at 10 in the morning and then the rest right. of their day, they're at the technical high school. See, when I we was used to call Votech Votech back in the or day. Or oh, when I was all in the high dumb school, kids, yeah, they're all I, that's what I said. Yeah. When they were in high exactly. school, it was like, oh, you 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 can't read good, so you got to go. I know it's yeah, well. You can't what? read well. I know that. But it was like, oh, you can't read well. Something something's you wrong with you. And then it's like you can go over there and learn how to fix cars or something. <laughs> but then it's like, yeah, I'm killing it fixing yeah. cars. Yeah. an auto mechanic, Yeah, I'm a plumber now and I'm crushing shit. My nephew put together an engine when he was 12. We were kind of like, why would he? Go to if I do it all over again, and I and the and the kicker to me is I like working with my hands, and I just got sold into (laughs) (laughs) comedy podcast. (laughs) 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 No, but I like working with my hands. And and I I would have loved to have done that, but I got sold on the bill at college. Right? And, uh, oh, the college. Well, you talk about the Catholic school. I went to Catholic school, and they were not equipped to have special needs kids. No, we had a buddy of mine, no. Carl. Who, they still are not. Who like wasn't like he, you know he, he was just and when it came to studies nothing. But you asked him to rebuild an engine, he could yeah. do it with his eyes closed. Yeah. And they were not capitalizing on that. That's what I think about my daughters. Like I, when I go into these meetings and I hear this, I'm like, I don't hear anybody talking about her strengths sometimes. Right, too. and they, like, they're there. They and they're well, there. The they don't with these kids is they so they are not the 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 kids that are going to be the book smart kids, but. They are v- more than capable of doing yes. a whole nother gambit of things. But unfortunately, and you know that the way our school system is set up is it, even for me, I was not a, I like, I, I think I'm an intelligent person, but I was not that I didn't like school. It wasn't set up for me. It was set up for the kids who could read these pages, memorize these things and, and, and take that test. And they did great. Yep. And it's like, you know, that's why guys like me were, what were we good at? History. Which, <laughs> you know, it was history. It was shop stuff. It was like, it was all the stuff that was more of like the storytelling, visual stuff and everything. It wasn't like, hey, memorize this. Yeah. Because yeah, I, was I probably had a mild form of, yeah. of ADHD that was undiagnosed and I couldn't focus on it. I was so. the same way. I was in class and my, I, I, I would hard, hard, have a, had a hard time focusing I I had a hard time holding my hand up and waiting to be answered. I would just blurt out answers. I, I hate was to getting, break it to you. You're I was getting so in trouble. <laughs> I was getting in trouble <laughs> for that stuff. But then I would go to woodshop, and like the, it was it was the shit, dude. My woodshop teacher, rest in peace, Charles Hessler. I reference that man every day in my personal life. See Hess. He just he he the way he taught and the way he he was able he was a teacher who affected my life. But like I could go in there and spin a lathe for for and not even think I was working, you know what I mean? I was just doing yeah. something that I enjoyed, and I was on doing the bandsaw and all these things, and it was fucking great. But then it was like, so you're gonna go to four year degree? You're gonna get your four year degree, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, because what like, are you gonna? The whole gonna time he's like, like, honestly, kid, your hands are whatever, but look at your fucking face. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> go yeah, take you your ever face. Thought about place. ads for the Poconos? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yep. Uh, uh, but, so but, 
anyway, we digress. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, the shop, the shop class was a shit, man. That was I, I, I loved it. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's it. Carlson, the guy you know, I was referenced. Now he owns like a bunch of businesses. He has a garage. He's got like five kids. He's they work. The they work like three hours. Yeah, he's, you know what I mean. Like he has other day, people working. He doesn't money. have to work anymore. Yeah. Well, Mike Rowe's a big Mike. The Mike the dirty yeah, jobs. Nobody guy. works anymore. The, yeah. He's big on that one, right? He's like, become yeah. He's become. Um, yeah, he was big on the the whole uh, society in general not working. Oh, and, okay. Well, that's, I mean, we're getting way off track, but I mean, we that's are, the that's manufacturing right. going out of this country. That comes back to the mm-hmm. politicians that come, you know, that that sent all these manufacturing jobs overseas. Uh, and, and yeah, people stopped working with their hands. I mean, we built everything in the- Does anybody we, even know how to sew anymore? I do. My, Lady, dad, Lady my dad, dad taught me. Your dad taught My you? dad learned to sew in the Navy. He was- Phenomenal at sewing, and he taught me to sew. Really? So I do know how to sew. I learned how to sew in home economics. I can use a sewing machine, but Laney, I don't know how to use a sewing. Machine. Laney just got a sewing a sewing machine. Really? Yeah. My wife. Yeah. My wife's mom. My, mo- was a my mom knows how to sew. Oh, really? Made dresses. Yeah. Dude, my mom. My I feel mom like that's and like grandma. the average person. If you went to the average person no, on the street not. with a button and a, and a little hotel kit and said, no. "Hey, make this happen," how many people could make it happen? My mom and my grandmother used to have like my ironing. Pants. You know, people don't iron anything because yeah. everything's wrinkle free. Yeah. <laughs> No, they used right. to have my ever that good. They could have a pair of dress slacks, and I was like looking good. Like, yeah. No, I'm not shit. excellent at it, but I yeah, I can. I that can shit do doesn't that. exist yeah. anymore. No, my right, dad, yeah, he used to put patches in clothes and stuff like yeah. that. But that was a navy thing. That was you know when you were in the military, they taught you that stuff. Now was he in the military while you were growing up, or was that before? He oh no, up? this was back before the Vietnam War. My dad, who just passed away, uh, was 80, so he got out of the service right as. Uh, Vietnam was really hitting the fan, and they tried to get him to re up. <laughs> He's like, Fuck nah, no. I'm gonna, I'm so good. he got out right as all of his friends got drafted because uh, my dad was in a program in high school. They used to have programs like that too. It wasn't ROTC, it was something where you were legitimately in the military. Right. So he was in the military when he was like 17. Because like you would go and do basic in between the summer of your yes. junior and senior year, go back. Oh, and I didn't know they So he yeah. got out, you know, he was, and, you know, he had the GI Bill and everything and he actually went and got, um, he went to, he became a dental technician. He made teeth because my dad was an artist. Uh-huh. So he, he was really good at wow. that. Um, but, he, um, yeah, he got out before Vietnam, and yeah, all, all the people that, you know, when he was in there that in high school it, that were like, oh, you jerk off, you know, it, they were all getting drafted, and, you know, he was, right. he was like, um, I've seen some shit, and I'm how much staying of, How much of you as a dad is because of your because of your dad, do you think? Is it more non, was it more of you do what he did, or was it like you learned from th- how he bumped his head, like? Um, yeah. I don't, you nice. know, yeah. I don't want to talk about That's it. That's fine. No, no, you're good. That's all good. You're good. That's all good. Dude. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. Mean I get you. Well, when my dad passed, I thought about it a lot. Like it was, you know, it's a bit ago, like three years ago. But yeah, it was. It, we had a very different relationship. But like when you start talking about what he passed down to you, like he's up there in the little. He, picture. um, my dad was the best. Yeah. 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 Well, I can tell just the way you're done was like that, and that's got to be like it's like hearing how how ardent you were about going after the needs of your kids and what you, and that that only comes from a place from someone who's learned how to defend their own. uh, And that's, yeah, no, he, he, every, he was, he was great. Yeah. He was great. Oh yeah. It's huge. That's a big one. But, (laughs) I don't don't want to get it up. I got you. I got you. I got you. You know, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, he was a good guy. 
Hey everybody, producer Neil here again. What a great conversation, really touching. I was tearing up at the end. Steve Bickle, he's a very funny comic, and it was great to just be in the room for that conversation. Go look back in that episode. Next, we've got some, some funny stories from his childhood and his relationship with his father. Hope you enjoyed this glimpse back at our episode with Mark Rigadonna. The catch, they would throw the football around. When I was young, I was not in the sports. Yeah, I was just going to say, is that your baseball? I loved, loved watching TV. I would wake up at like five in the morning, sneak downstairs, not wake anyone up, and watch TV until about 6.37 when everybody else got up. And then when they came down, I pretended I just got up. So wow. they didn't know what I was. What were you wow. watching? The what monsters. Was oh, the, what the a monsters. great show. I, the mon- old, I like the monsters. Like Nickelodeon. Yeah, like old Beaver black and white. Beaver. Yeah, it was a lot of those old black oh, and white. What's the one? Andy, Andy Griffin. Griffin. That was him. Gomer Pyle. Gilligan's yeah. Island. Gilligan's Island. I like I watched all those like old, old shows. Because that was all that was on. Yeah. And then when I knew when the cartoons started coming on, the morning cartoons, not Saturday, it would be even work or school week. When the cartoons started coming on, I knew, okay, everybody's going to be waking up happen. soon. Huh. And um, <laughs> I also got in trouble. <laughs> I got, I'll, wait, I'll tell you about my dad, then I'll yeah. tell you this story. So my dad and I, our thing, our version of playing catch was every Sunday, we would get a big <laughs> a big plate of meats, cheeses, pickled stuff, the uh, crackers and all the shark mustard. Yeah. yeah. We were lunchable. See back then it was just it was called anapasta. Now it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, weren't, the region. we weren't fancy, but um but we would make these big plates and we would watch every Sunday the comic strip live, Dennis Miller show, um The Simpsons. There was one other show on the Sundays. That was a comedy. And then as soon as Beverly Hills 90210 came on, I knew it was time to go to bed. I'm going to go get a bath, go, go to sleep. <laughs> Draw well, my that, bath, dad. That was you and that was you and your dad. That was time. my dad. That was our there thing. That was our, and I mean, my dad is amazing. He was like, I, I just wrote, I told you, <laughs> I thought today was his birthday. It's next Sunday. But um, <laughs> I wrote in a card for him. I had the kids sign it my wife signed it and i wrote a thing like if i could be half the dad you were i know my kids are in good shape oh and so like i had a really great upbringing but (laughs) so this is the this is the story so every saturday i would get up really early my brother was more of like a sleep-in guy but he would get up and he would come down and same thing not wake my parents up i would already be downstairs my brother caught me and I forgot about this. I think I, I was so young and it, like we were talking about, like, I remember the essence of being young, but I don't have a ton of memories. And I always get nervous when I'm with my kids. I'm like, they're not going to remember this. <laughs> like, hopefully they remember the feeling of being loved and whatever, yeah. but like, yeah. they're not going to remember this specific thing. Uh, Cause I don't, but I also had a lot of head injuries, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, my brother caught me. My brother remembers everything. He has like a photographic memory. He came down the stairs and apparently every day uh, or every Saturday, I would go down and when Sesame Street came on and the dog Barkley would come running over the hill, 
I dropped trow and pissed on the TV. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. And it was the uh, back in the day big when it was bastard, a big right? that was a huge wood. TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, like a 700 pound TV back in the day. And I would piss on the TV <laughs> and then go get paper towels and just wipe it and throw it away. But it soaked into the rug. A, yeah. Yeah, you can't. So like after a month there was a smell and nobody could figure out what it was. And uh they had to rip the carpeting out. Oh my god! Because I pissed on the TV every morning. Um, but my brother, when he caught me, he joined in. He didn't tell oh, on me. Oh, he joined god. in, so we both just piss on the TV. Double piss. That is. Hysterical. I can't believe we're alive. Yeah. I, I mean, not even from like electrocution, but like, how know. did my dad not just fucking figure throw me through a window? Long did, he, did they figure? They it out figured that it, it out. Guys pissing on the TV. Yeah, they 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 caught us. Like red-handed, or they were like, "There's piss." There's two boys. Like <laughs> well, they had no idea where the smell was coming from. It was just like this, the the living room smells like piss. Yes. I mean, like they were doing shit, like you know, like shampooing, shampooing shit. the carpet. And the guests were coming up. over, and they're like, "Do you guys have a dog? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> we had, and the funny thing is, we have a dog, but he was an outside dog. He oh wasn't, shit! So, oh, so it was you like, can't blame, it on the dog. Can't oh, blame the God. dog. But I think they caught us red-handed, and then they like. This is the problem. Then, like that week, they were ripping the carpet out, and putting it. Yeah, like, Who the fuck are you? Why? <laughs> when oh you, your gosh. kids do, but kids do weird stuff, and then you kind of got to be like, oh my god, okay, this is, you know, this is those things that you don't talk about, but you're like, oh, people do. People you got to accept that stuff. a kid is kids are weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, kids they are fucking weird. They do weird shit. It's me again, and that story from Mark Rigg not always makes me laugh. That was a great episode, so definitely check that one out again if you can. And now we're moving on to Paul Lyons on episode 16, his relationship with his father, but uh, his amazing story of finding his long-lost son, or his long-lost son finding him. Uh, enjoy. That's amazing. What? That's interesting, because you're right. And like you said, like time, lo- like because Cats in the Cradle was more like time lost, which sort of, you know, I, I find you, your story really intriguing with because uh, you, you are a father. That's part of why you're here. Right. Right. And so uh, can you talk to uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, your story there? Sure. Sure. I'll, I'll start with my son's first words to me. Uh, Dear Mr. Lyons. <laughs> <laughs> Per 23 and me, you are my biological father. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. A, when I read your story, I was so touching. That was a yeah. lovely story. So you got oh. that. So you got that for the people who've done it. So you got that email. How long ago did you get that? That email? was about three years ago. Uh, I know it's just before the uh, pandemic. So it was about three years ago. Uh, and, you know, I had signed, I had been trying to reach out to him. My gr- girlfriend got. Uh, pregnant in high school and it was a closed Catholic adoption for 40 years. I tried to find them. Every detective agency, every agency says it's closed. It's impossible. Impossible. You you can't do it. And then, and then ancestry 23 and me. And I heard people connecting uh, through there. So I thought maybe he's out there looking for me. And, uh, and so I sign up. You do the swab or what is that? Yeah. Yeah. So what was the, 
you know, and what was impossible, all of a sudden I spit into a, you know, <laughs> into a, a cup and I mail it in and boom, there's your son. He was, well, he was out there looking for me, which was great. That yeah, was so, fantastic. So, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And, so you're, you, and at that point, your dad, you would be like, oh, he's trying to set me up with so-and-so. Look who I knocked up. <laughs> it was well, like, did your dad know that you had done that? And like, Oh, he had known, he, he knew then, uh, uh, but he found out, I didn't tell him, I was never going to tell him because no. I... You know, I thought he beat the hell out of me, you know. Or, <laughs> and of course, in retrospect, he, he, well, the way he found out two years later, he's in a bar and I hadn't told him. And a guy comes up to him, you know, Mr. Johnson says, Bill, can I talk to you for, for a minute? And my dad's like, all right. He goes, uh, I need, I need uh, your help. My son got his girlfriend in the same predicament. Oh. Your, your son, you know. Uh, I got the Miller girl in, you know, and uh, the Miller girl. <laughs> it's like it's like Chaucer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he goes, Leave it to me. And my dad's like, what, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "What did you do when you find out that Paul knocked up the Miller girl?" <laughs> and that was <laughs> the first time. He's my like, "I'll dad, tell you in a few minutes." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my my dad just shoved them, uh, like like just shoved them. Uh, you know, get the hell away from me. Your dad was hitting everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just that's the way he handled. <laughs> you know, any any you know uh, anything uh, frustrating. So uh, that's how he found out about it uh, in the bar. You know, and uh, <laughs> and and he comes home that night, and and uh, I'm home from college, and there's all this fighting in my parents' room. And, uh, uh, you come home. I go, I go to, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was in the bedroom already and I come to break up the fight. I'd never heard my parents fight before. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I go in there and say, you know, what's, what's, what's wrong? I, it's all your fault. My dad's pointing to me. He's drunk as hell. What happened was he, he comes home, he gets frisky with my mom. She's finally had enough and yep. she pushes him off the bed, you know, get out of here. You're not, you know, and, uh, so he goes, you're the, you know, she goes, you're all drunk. Cause you know, he had the, yep. he had the great life. He, he had, it was bowling. This was after his bowling night. Then he go drinking. He had a softball Sundays. He had the car, my mom, you know, but anyway, she had enough. And and so she throws him off the bed. He blames me for, uh, for the reason he's drunk. I found out that you got the Miller girl pregnant tonight. That's how my mom finds out from him. Yelling oh, so she didn't know either. Yeah. You didn't tell. Oh, okay. Well, so I wondered we, if they were yeah. fighting because she had known and kept it. Yeah. From him, no, so they didn't them. know. And they're the like, compliment to the Millers. They can keep their mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. They kept everything quiet. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They only, they were on his mail route. Oh, uh, so were you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So now he reaches out three years ago. You get that email. What, what's going through your head when you read that sentence? Uh, I was, uh, I was on a, it was the last day of a cruise ship. I'm getting off and I look at my phone, you know, you haven't had, you haven't had it's been two days and I look at my emails and there it is 23 and me. We've located I think it says we've located. You like, had the title. shaking. It was, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. I'm like, and I sit down. And it's like, yeah, your son is is here. You know, this is your son, and he and this is where he's living. It was in New Jersey, and I swear to God, I wanted to run down and sit, the, the, like tell every single person I found my son. Oh, I found that's my beautiful. son. Uh, this is my son. I, I, I you know, uh, but I didn't. But but I'm yeah, like, oh but my god, uh, this is unbelievable. Like. You know, just it's one of those things where you where where it's so weird because in the back of my, you know, I knew I was going to meet him at some point in my life somehow. And uh, 
but it's also it seemed impossible. Like, but see, it was, I love that happen. that law because I firm believe in that kind of law of attraction where that's like if you have a thought, you put it out in the universe like that. No yeah. matter how impossible it might seem, like I think those things, like the universe hears that. I like, I, yeah. I think that's, and then that same. The only thing I I can't imagine. I'm trying to put myself in that position of that excitement. The only thing I could think to compare it to is that, like, when my wife got pregnant, that first like 12 weeks when you're not allowed to tell anybody, and all mm. you want to do is run around yeah. and tell yeah. Yeah. everybody. But like that's so now so. So now, at what point do you and him get on? Do you ever get on? Do you get on a phone first? Do you actually meet in person? Uh, uh, we we exchanged emails. He sent me like this three page email. I knew, you know, I knew this this time would always come, and oh, you know, wow. but he told me how much he appreciates his life, uh, how much he loves his parents. And he was a, a policeman and a detective for twenty five years. So, how old is he at this point? He's forty four when uh, forty three. When I when we first now he's like forty five but forty three when we first hooked up. Can you yeah. imagine forty three years? Yeah, and then that's a that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's almost that's yeah. But crazy. whatever happened to that Miller girl? <laughs> Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wonder, did, did he ever touch base with his, with, uh, uh she doesn't want, uh, she felt she did the right thing and, and moved on. She doesn't, yeah. uh, as a matter of fact, during this 40 years, I, uh, we're, we're from the same hometown we're, every 4th of July. We're there, you know, we have the same good friends and we're still friendly, but, uh, uh, she wanted nothing, nothing yeah. to do okay. with it. Fair. Uh, she did, did the right thing mm -hmm. and moved on and, you know, so. That's how she is, you know. Yeah, so, well, that's uh, that's fine. Yeah. Right? But wow, so so now you get to you, you get to. It's got to be. So now when you when you see him, do you guys get together pretty regularly? Yeah, uh, about once a month we, we awesome. get together, that's and uh, yeah, he's a writer. He's he, he, like his his uh, parents. His, his dad was a truck driver. His mom worked at Safeway, so very blue collar, and he's been writing like these the, since he was six years old. You know, uh, just been writing stories and stuff. So he's like, "Where, where did this come from?" Does he um, look like? Does he look like you? Uh, it, not at first. At, at first, I thought, you know, maybe, <laughs> it, was, maybe it, was, it was it was my first disappointment as a father. Of yeah. like, I don't think he, which is ridiculous because he's got blue eyes, light skin, big nose, like oh, you know, yeah. and, he, and he's bald. Yeah. It's like four things, <laughs> but I thought like nothing. Uh, his ears anything. aren't right. Yeah, that yeah, really yeah. sinks. Yeah. 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 His ears look yeah. nothing like my ears. Uh, like it's it, it, it's so funny because uh, I was really disappointed. Like I thought he showed me a picture of him in his twenties, and we kind of looked together, but we just. Uh, yeah. I, when we that first time of getting together, I was like, oh, you know, I expected us, you know, to look alike, to laugh at each other's jokes, mm. like, like, you yeah. know, to finish each other's sentences. It was like going to be this courtship of Eddie's father. Yeah. Gonna be this People bonding of like, too. oh, right. my, you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> I mean, I have the music. Cats in the cradle. Listen to this. <laughs> Here, we'll pump it in through the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where this comes from? Cuddly toe, yeah, my damn, my pride and joy. But yeah. Oh. So much fun. So, uh, but what, what was good is getting his perspective because he always felt there was nothing missing from his life. Like for me, it was a big hole. Yeah. But for him, he's, he's like, uh, he appreciates our, our relationship, but, but, he, you know, that was his dad. That was his mom. Yeah. 
Uh, and there was nothing e- ever missing for him. He, That's that he wonderful. Felt. Yeah. You wouldn't want that weight of burden on him that you felt. So he yes. had his cake and you turned to be like the cherry on top or the icing. Right. Yeah, but right. whereas Bonus. for you, for him, I mean, you took that pain, which is uh, that's a very fatherly thing to do, Paul. Yeah. I think. That's and, amazing. And the fact yeah. that you were, I, my my life is fantastic. Oh, and this guy, I met this guy. My life couldn't even get better. Yeah. Where for you, whatever gaping hole you had, I'm assuming, was filled by that connection, which is good. You should take the pain like that. That's yeah. fantastic. You're a good man, that's Paul. That's amazing. That yeah. really is. Yeah. It is phenomenal. Again, another great episode to look back on. You also saw in there our next guest we want to highlight. It's actually Joey Callahan. Just a legend, kind of. (laughs) A great guy, uh, great father, and super funny. So enjoy this little glimpse back at Joey Callahan. Then, like, because we're you now, because, like, were you guys trading off still? No, no, I'm saying, like, you know, I'm not going to take them for a while. Just yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. I hope you have FaceTime. I'm very upset with how the pandemic shook out. I'll just put say that. But we all thought for for the longest that like you were going to die. Like if you got in contact with yep. someone and breathed the wrong air, you were probably going to die. I was wearing I was wearing scrubs to work, <laughs> coming home and taking, taking your off clothes my off. clothes yeah. into the laundry room. And I was Lysoling like a box of Fruity Pebbles in my driveway yep. before I brought it yeah. in from the pee yeah. pod. Like, yeah. Yeah. like there was yeah. a period yeah. of time where we, we didn't know. Yeah. They, they would send me out grocery shopping because apparently I was the, the most expendable one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being in the giant and you see like a bunch of people down in the aisle, but you had to get down that aisle. Yeah. Like, does anybody see Rigatoni? <laughs> Roll it to me. Can, can you just throw in a box at the end of the aisle? Yeah. No, no, the generic. Get the generic one. No, 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 I got a coupon to the left, to the left. <laughs> Because so. you're right, because everybody's touching it. How many dude, people touched it? You don't yeah. know. We so know. I didn't get to see. I, I was, you know, FaceTime, and it was like, we're going to so just how, keep well, the girls here. How long here. was it before you? I mean, like, after about, I think it was two weeks. And I oh, said, okay. I'm, I'm not doing it. All right. We, we got to see my kids. Like, I'm not, yeah. not going to do this. But, um, you know, there's people on that side of family. Some have, like, the sickness issues, autoimmune, oh, or yeah. compromise this. And you're wearing masks. You're changing your clothes. You got mm-hmm. gloves. It was it was crazy. But it was about after two weeks, I said, no, 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 no. I'm not, I mean, I'm not doing that. I felt the same way that you felt. Now, my daughters were at the time four and four and seven. Mm-hmm. So, like, what a what a gift to be able to. I feel almost feel guilty saying that. But, yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. get to know them at that time for me when, like, they're still developing. And, like, it was just such a blessing in that regard that I was so. And then my mom, thankfully, my mom had already been living. She moved down when my oldest was born. Uh, and she was like, just a little, she was working remotely even before the pandemic as a nurse and she uh, was helping us. So it was great. But now we had been together for nine years, so we didn't do a good job. We had, we were taking that for granted and the days were blurry. My wife and I are, are teachers. So yeah. we were teaching and trying to get our kids to sit next to us and do their schoolwork. Oh shit, good like, luck. And so it was just really, I mean, it was so yeah. stressful that we didn't, days and nights were blurry. Like, you know, you just try to find stuff like we would take turns taking 10 minute car rides around the neighborhood by ourselves while the others stayed home, like just to get breaks. You know what I mean? Like it was. I got to say, like I'm married to a first grade teacher and I even do this in my act, but it's true. I had no idea what a rock star she was because basically I watched her teach 
eight year old, was it six year olds from eight o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon on Zoom? Thirty Insane. of them, Insane. and I would and I would you make the joke? She come down and I like, uh, turn that computer. Hi everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. all day long. Oh, yeah. You guys, are, okay, <laughs> see you tomorrow. What's my dinner? Yeah, dude. It, I mean, it's it's like they're on set, right? It's yeah, like on set. yeah, and action. They light up. Yeah, and you oh, have to because you have to. You have to have that level. You have to do that show just like us. We step on stage. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter what we were going on. No matter what happened, you got you got to keep moving. Like I mean, I'm sure you've been at a point with the travel where you're about to get on stage and you got some bout of news or something and you're like okay now i gotta go on and yeah well my mom died i was my oh. mom i mean it, it's the first show after my mom died i was still shaken but i had a and i had jokes where she was positioned she alive. was alive so yeah. i'm like i'm like halfway through the setup how do i shift this or when and then you kind of work your way into mm. that but it's 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 shaking it can it, shake you up yeah. so and that's so you, you know that's that same thing so it's that's a skill that teachers and i think that's for me like as i transitioned from being a teacher from 18 years to now doing stand-up i think that's one of the skills i noticed that i was so grateful for is that being able to turn it on and know and i think that's a skill that every teacher has too which is like but like watching my wife she's a learning support teacher for kids who were like freshmen in high school at that or no seniors that mm -hmm. had to graduate and so like watching her tr go to kids yards and like sit and, in like, the yard dude, in wow. a chair and talk to them through a screen wow. or help get them into because some of them you could imagine these kids like if if they're not being told to go to school and they're not being forced we were doing a thing when we shut down where it was like you t every teacher was allowed to give two deliverables two things that had to be turned in per week and that's all you could do you did not there was there was no class but there was office hours that they could come pop in and visit and that's how we wrote out sort of the end of that first part of march on and it was very lax and then they tried to institute a difference there and and i could just see the stress of her the stress of me that's why that's why we needed to laugh more that's why comedy became Oh, that's so sounds crucial stress, that sounds for us. Stressful as we had like fuck. impractical jokers on the TV nonstop just yeah. to kind of, you know, break the tension of all of it. We, well, cool. you know what? That that's fun. My I had older girls, so we drank a lot. There's the yeah, I, we, we, <gasps> that no, that's so, got to be that's got to be one of the coolest things. Uh, uh, there's the moment. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest cup? with you. My 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 uh, my youngest just went down to tailgate. And I like German beer and I have a very excellent taste in German. I have a case of Weinstaufener, which is $60 a case. And I, my Are wife said, I just took her to the train station and she, I can't believe she brought beer. I went, wait a minute, whose beer did oh, she bring? Shit. She's like, <laughs> dude, they're, they're doing funnels with She's your she, yeah, she only took a couple. I'm like, this <laughs> I can't dude, That's like 60 bucks. Oh, oh my gosh. I can't imagine the day where I'm like, cause you know, they're so young. You know what I mean? I can't imagine 15 years from now when my daughter's 21. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it seems so. I grew up in a tap room. If I can make, I grew up at the Fishtown Tavern. We are in and around it. And if I can make my uncles laugh, they would give me shots of beer. If I wanted a beer growing up, I could have a beer. It was very European in that approach. I never abused it. Yeah, so yeah, I always so had that attitude. Like, if you want a beer, as my uncle Johnny O'Connor would say, I'll give you a beer, but there never, better not be any acrobatting. Fish, so, so fish oh my, that's, that's, where is Thompson that? and Frankfurt. I, so, my, my friend Josh owns that joint. Oh, okay. That, yeah. well, that, when they brought me home from the hospital, the Lankin Hall Hospital, they brought me to the third floor of the Fishtown Tavern. So that's where I grew up. So, <laughs> yeah. my, And my grandparents like were in Philly. I, I remember going to bars with them where they had like shuffleboard on the floor. Oh, mm -hmm. shit. And then I got a Roy Rogers. I cigarette they never machine. gave me. Yeah, cigarette, cigarette machines. Dude, my, my grandma was like sponsored by Winston. You can Winston? Like, 100s? Uh, long yeah, long yeah, yeah, yeah. She had the coats and everything. Yeah. But like, uh, we, I grew up like that, but I never was, I was never offered it. 
bit. And my mom never drank because her parents were, were drinkers. So she was the opposite of that. So we never had beer. I never saw her drink until my high school graduate or college graduation party or something. Well, we, we were never allowed to say anybody was drunk in the to this day. And I caught my daughter saying it too. It made me laugh out loud. Nobody's drunk. They got drinking them. Your, your <laughs> uncle's not drunk. He's got drinking them. So and my, and my, my daughter said, ah, she's. My girlfriend's got drinking her. <laughs> so I go, it's been passed down from generation right? to but you, generation. You, it gives you insight as to what they've been doing with their time over the few years, yes. how good of a drinker they That's are. That's right? true. Yeah. It's yeah. like you watch them open a bottle of wine, you're like, wow, you're really fucking good at that. And then they're like chugging beers and funneling, <laughs> flip cupping and shit. And you're like, wow, this I is. I heard my wife say to my youngest, you're like your father. You can drink and drink and drink. And the next day, nothing. You're fine. How do you do that? You do like a that. practice on practice. practice. It's a gift. And a- so I want to ask you though. So Please. this is, so the drinking thing, we, we can go back to that also because. That, but um, one of the things that f- f- I'm, f- I don't know, fearful is a word, but is uh, my daughter is going to start dating at some point. Yeah. And I want to say this. At one time, her mother had mentioned in front of her that she liked the boy at school. And she definitely does like the boy or did like the, because she, she got embarrassed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And when she said that, I got such a wave of like jealousy. Sure. And like pain inside, it was so fucking weird. Like and now, you I kind of understand why like the dad always has an issue with like the son in law or whatever, because I felt it. And I was like, am, did I am I second place now? Like, did I just get bumped down? That's got to be like such an instinctual. It's it's got. I mean, tell me about. I mean, well, you, for, you well, know, first, shit, well, you, well first off, uh, the rule in my house was. Uh, you just got to find someone who loves you as much as I love your mother. That's that was okay. the rule right out of the gate. That's okay. all I ask. But when my oldest is born. Right. So I'm looking at her in the incubator, Holy Redeemer Hospital. And there's that moment in your head. You go, some guy is going to come and take her away from me. And then we brought her home and I got to know her and her personality. And I thought to myself, I don't know who this guy is, but I kind of feel sorry for him now. (laughs) (laughs) I hope this kid's got two jobs. He better have a lot of money. (laughs) She is not low maintenance. (laughs) So you just, I mean, at the end of the day, um, it's, it creeps. It, you don't it even happens, notice it. But happens. happens. But you just want to be there and make sure that you can beat whoever it is up that she brings yeah, home. That's, that's, the, that's the. And I'm not a physical person anymore. I've grown up. You got in a lot of fights. I prefer to get in your head like Hannibal Lecter and have you chew your own tongue <laughs> off. So that you, trust me, that's playing the long game. Anybody could beat anybody up, but get in their head. Pluck those nerves. That's Dude, what that's, you do. And now, so because you're on the road a lot uh-huh. for most of their, you know, yeah. your mm-hmm. wife, a lot of it fell on your wife to sort of, you know, raise them and find those moments. So she's yeah, probably I'm telling one. you, I met my wife when I was 19 and I'm not just being maudlin when I say this. Her only flaws are taste in men. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, she is just, I mean, she can be a real pain in my ass at times, but I absolutely love her. Have you been 30 years now? How long have you been married? Right, we, got, we dated for five years. We're going be our 32nd wedding anniversary congratulations the year ain't over yet so you see you wake <laughs> up and go what the hell was i thinking still time so, yeah that's why i always delete my cash <laughs> always delete your window well, i think about how uh, now and i've talked about that too because like i know for for you like i was in a relationship where they was ending when when, when he was pregnant up, yeah so now all of a sudden it was already separated so that adds like a layer of like imagine that like you know, that would have been a different timbre because then it's hard to say, you know, oh, you got to find someone that Who loves your mother the way I do because 
kind of don't love her. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, exactly. I, no, but, yeah, but yeah. you can also, I mean, you can shift that gear from my, I'm, I'm guessing is find someone who loves you as much as your father does. Yeah, and exactly. you, you kind of reposition the, of the that. sediment. Yeah. And, yeah. And, which is hundred percent. It's true. And it's, what takes a family? I mean, you, you perfect example. I mean, love is love. You just love is love. If, if, if two people can honestly love each other. Who are we? To I wish say I knew. I wish I realized that growing up. Like my daughter has a kid in her class who has two dads. Uh, and I'm like, wow, like, dude, I spent my life in witness protection, like, like hiding because everybody, because my, oh, and my mom too, she, she wanted the Norman, she wanted to give off an appearance of Norman Rockwell, dude. So like when I got older and I started having kids come over because I liked having, you know, sleepovers, yeah. she would go so far to stay in the guest room and pretend it was her bedroom. Oh. <sighs> Wow, you know what I mean? But think about the cross. Oh, your mother had a bear. That's what I'm just saying. Like, that's pain. Just to be the that's why it's like I can never yeah. feel like so. I will yeah. never be upset about like how that like what I had to do because I'm like wow, I feel terrible that she felt that she had. Did that to do those fuck things. with your? Like, did that? Well, fuck I think with your what brain? the problem is is I think what it did to me uh, was uh, give me a, a sense of like. I had to hide my, I don't know if I really understood who I was. I was trying wow. to be a chameleon and adapt to my environment so that you wouldn't look. I, I didn't want to have to give a doctoral thesis as to what's as to going what on in my are. house. Now, was it a conversation? It was like, now, Jay, when you have friends over, mommy's going to be over here. And we're going to, or was it just I, like. I mean, I think it was sort of like an un Places, thing. people, places. Yeah, 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 no, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Like watching the birdcage for yeah, me yeah. like was emotional Fussy, because like there's so many yeah. things that like I say, like when I met my wife, that was a thing. Like at what point when I'm dating someone, did they get to know that about me or did I let that know that, oh, that wasn't my aunt through marriage? Cause she was yeah, having a thick right, Australian right, accent. Right. And you know, yeah. like, so there were like certain things there that they, you know. Um, did your mom ever express, cause you've talked about this multiple times and I've, I kept wanting to ask. Did your mom ever express like she, her worry was like again her job being affected and stuff at the time? Like what did yeah. she? Ever I think that was. I think there was a period point, of time know? there where I think it was she didn't want a negative reflection on me, and I don't think she was comfortable being out because like that was not accepted by her parents, and I and she like my my grandma babysat me and all of this, so I think she wanted so badly to be the best version of a daughter that her Irish Catholic mother mm. wanted her to be. Wow. And she all, she went so as far as to go back to school to be a nurse, which is something her mom to always wanted the dream for of her. The mother. Wow. So it's like she, and so there was a lot of, I think uh, her of trying to be that best version of what her mom had envisioned of what a daughter is. Yeah. And she was fighting her own self because she was an awesome person as she was. But I don't think, I don't think that they had that chance to reconcile that. Mm. That was a great episode as well. It was awesome to have Joey Callahan in the room. They talk about COVID, parenting, parenting, and drinking, their experiences growing up. A great episode. We're going to keep it rolling with Vishnu Vega, comedian and father. Different perspective than we've had and wonderful to talk to. Enjoy. About you growing up in, in India, yeah. that, are you bringing, are you bringing into your son's life, even though he's growing up and, you know, American yeah. in the United States, are there any things you're able to hybrid in? You're like able to keep. Uh, that, One of that the things I, I really liked when I was, when I was growing up, I was in India until my 10th grade and then I moved 11th grade to us. So from seventh to 10th grade, um, we were allowed to, we, we like, you know, if you don't have, we could sleep in the school, like they have like a boarding arrangement if you yeah. want. To. 
and my parents were in america so i was to do go to school because all my friends are there and we would skip school and go watch movies like yeah. you know in theaters like you know uh, and we'd get caught like we did a lot of stupid stuff like you know fix each other's progress reports so like you know like <laughs> yeah. they, they had like two two copies one copy comes back to school which is signed by your parents and then one copy stays home and the one copy that stays home most of our parents like i was living with my grandparents they're not educated because india is just coming out of in- independence so schools weren't like you know yeah. our yeah. we're probably the first generation that was really going to like you know schools like good schools so i would go home and show them this copy that is supposed to stay home which is doctored we would switch our grades and <laughs> and my grandparents are thinking like we did really good and then like we would sign each other's like progress reports and return the ones like that are not doctored back to school and <laughs> and and one this is true story one of my friend like all our exams are for like 25 points and and if you get it in single digits from like nine like you get like two to five you're good because you know like you like you know like single digits we just put one more number next to it and we'd make it like you know some yeah. of them you had to like and and basically the way it turned out is that we we did it for so long like his parents are thinking his their kid is kicking ass in school yeah, <laughs> and then like in school teachers are like you got to bring your parents like you were like so fucked up you need to bring your parents and then and then finally we were like kind of like p- putting it off like we were like you know he was like we were like coming up with excuses that was my thing like my my skill is to come up with excuses for my friends nice. they were like yo this is a situation what should i tell him or what should i because in in india oh, so you were the one dealing out what oh my god nice, that's great nice and, you, ever, and, you ever use a use, use an excuse twice like different kids <laughs> yeah. like you know it's like one friend i would like the teachers would like my dad had like you know they'd be like why didn't you bring your parents like my dad like got into an accident like you know and then you would have like some other kid like validated like yeah like i saw like i was there it happened you know yes. and then like they would be like oh i was so sorry like okay we'll do it next week and then like you know actually one of the times his dad did show up uh, you know and and the way he walked into school was like my kid is kicking ass like i'm just <laughs> this is a gifted there, iep you know? yeah <laughs> like show them how it's done like he was he's like in. ready for the scholarship he's like yeah. this is going to be the best and then, like lives. he walks in and all these like teachers jump on him and tell him how much of a fuck up he is <laughs> and and now like like they they call him to the office and they were like okay how long you been doing this for and who's helping and one of the things we have is we never tell on each other like no matter what like snitches you get the entire class is like we're like 14 boys 14 girls and and we don't tell on each other and and the and the and our principal walked in and he's like if you don't tell us who did this we're going to beat up all of you and then like and then i told my friend like okay if they beat up all <laughs> of you they're only going to hit one one each maybe because they can't hit 28 kids like beat the shit out of us <laughs> <laughs> But if one of us is caught, he's going to get the shit beat out of him. <laughs> so let's just stick to- together, and and we all stuck together, and they gave up, and, and they, they beat gave him. Up. Yeah, they beat him, and and the thing is, he's like, like they could only beat him so much because his dad is right there. 
<laughs> and then he he was going home and we were like dude you're going to get beat the shit out of by your dad when you go <laughs> and we were worried for him right and the next day he comes back and and we have this like study time he comes back and he won't sit with us he takes his books and goes sits far away and he was actually like studying and i watched him for like 10 minutes i was bored i go up to him i was like bro what the fuck like why are you over there like come and sit with us and he's like you and then i was like did your dad beat you up that bad that you had to go study and he was like i wish he beat me up like if he beat me up i would be fine but he made me sit there and lectured me about how i am the first kid in our entire family that that got to go to school and and how much he's putting in wow, to send me to school fuck. and and how me doing this is 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 like you know his entire like savings he's putting into my my school and now i can't let him down anymore holy and shit and like you know it's it, you know that worked you know it's like that, you think like beating like he's like if wow. he beat the shit out of me he'd be like yeah i would like that's another thing like if if a teacher beat you like they would hit you like with a stick in front of the, the class and then you act in front of the teacher like you're hurt like oh my god it hurts so they don't hit you and then as yeah. soon as you turn around you smile you smile yes the whole class sees that you don't give a shit yeah <laughs> yeah wow and the teacher didn't know like what happened that was like we had all these things you know but so that's it that's know. why the corporal punishment that stuff isn't happening anymore because they realize it doesn't work it doesn't yeah. work at all like and that's what you're saying with your kid in the phone it's just it's like wow. okay if it's i'm taking it away because it's a distractor and i'm teaching him like hey now it's time to work out yeah. you know you got to be a well you got to be a developed person you got to have you yeah. know you got the ability to do x y like al's got a theory on schools about oh, i got theories that's like but it's a lot of the same thing it's like the schedule you're giving your son of things that they should be doing instead like hey let's work out let's get physical first then once we've gotten all of that out then let's sit down and we're in a good mindset to do yeah. our things and then let's end the day with you, something creative you know how or, heavy that must have been for that kid Like that, oh, that yeah, must have crazy. been a fucking like god damn dad's like I'm putting everything I have my life savings you're the first kid to go to school and you're fucking it up yeah that must have hurt so fucking yeah, but bad but it's not just him it's like pretty much all of us it's a scenario for our entire class because like a lot of people don't understand like how bad british rule was like in india like like most of the villages or most of the cities they would have schools only up to third grade because for them they just need us to be their laborers damn you know they didn't damn. need us to be educated so the schools were like third grade so where you can read and write and sign your name yeah. you know so they could make you sign these contracts or whatever so when british left like 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 you know you, you people look at india now and they'll be like oh india you guys are poor or whatever like they don't understand until 1947 like education was not a thing yeah you know yeah. and then like 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 that's why i'm kind of proud like the progress we are india is able to do from 1947 till now it's like sure. you know we are starting at a 98% under educated population and now we are competing in the in the world you know yeah and it only yeah that, I mean, wow that's incredible that's story what an amazing story from vishnu and how he's incorporating his upbringing and pieces of that and then telling a story about uh learning the price of education really but uh amazing we're coming into our last little spotlight here with our mother's day episode with Emily Epstein White 
from episode 17. So I hope you enjoy and thank you so much for making season one awesome. The God question is so hard because like we like my side of the family is is Jewish and I was raised that way. But I don't necessarily know if I believe in God, per se. My okay. husband was raised very religious, Pentecostal. And as a result now. And as a result is nothing now. Same. Probably anti-religious, if anything. Yeah. But his mother came and stayed with us for a while. She was sick about a year ago. And she is very religious. Like she would pray one food uh, and so the kids were like do are we, we pray is that what we're this? doing now are, are we praying people thing? that pray yeah. and so it's this weird thing where like you know so we throw the term God around sometimes. So I was at the supermarket with my daughter, who is tall. I mean, she's almost my height, and I'm five feet, and she's six. So I think maybe nice. by second grade she will be my height or taller, and I'm not even joking. And so That's I was trying to reach day. something from a high shelf at the supermarket, as huh. I always had to, and it's very humiliating. And I had to ask another person who was taller than me to get it. And my daughter turns to me, and she goes, why are you so short, Mom? And I said... God made me that way. And she no. goes, Mom, you know there's no God. <laughs> and the woman next to me who bought the food for me was like, and I'm just going to, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go. No follow-up questions. <laughs> I, you have a lot on your plate. Yeah, so. paper, plastic, I'm out. Yeah, Basically. It's, yeah. it's hard because I think a lot of people now are that way. I'd be interested to hear more people talk about, because like I was raised Catholic, whatever, went to Catholic school all this time. But now it's like I feel like more agnostic, more like. I, when I went to college, I went to Resinus. That's how I got down to this Philly area. And there was a course all freshmen had to take called CIE, the Common Intellectual Experience. Huh. And basically you read from stuff like the Epic. It was like a survey course. You read from like the Epic of Gilgamesh and you read excerpts of like the Bible, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, and all through like Marxist, whatever. And every time you read a piece, a teacher could have been a biology teacher, a philosophy teacher. Everybody had to teach it. Everybody had to take it. Three questions you always had to answer. What does it mean to be human? What is our role in the universe? And mm. what does it mean to be good? Wow. And according to those pieces, you had people of all faiths. And I had a philosophy teacher my second semester whose sole goal was to mess with your head. If you were someone who was a fundamentalist in any religion, he was going to challenge everything you said. They salivate for that shit. And it, he did. He got so excited. So it. I think that helped me break through and be like, you know what? At the end of the day, there's, there's certain tenants like be good like the, yeah. every every religion has a rule that's like you know what thou shalt not kill like, be kind just be kind rewind you know what i mean it's yeah. simple <laughs> well i just want to say based on what you just said mm -hmm. i have now just become the expert in the room okay because okay. that <laughs> is that is my that is my life because no, my well my dad's jewish my mom's black so a little bit different that's but not my a grandmother you know that's not a religion right what's well, that black black is not black. a religion no, no, well, <laughs> i would like to disagree uh, <laughs> <laughs> kindly kindly disagree um but uh so they were like um I think Episcopalian. Is that what, when you're Jewish and black, you're Episcopalian? No, the, the black people were Episcopalian. Oh, okay. But my okay. grandmother, mega religious. Mm -hmm. Like she's a, she was, a, I mean, she was the type of woman who would walk up a flight of stairs and be like, "Thank you, Jesus, for getting me up these stairs." Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Be like, oh, thank you, Lord. And she wasn't joking. That was just who she was. And it was like we were growing growing up in like a Jewish world, and then you had this person who was very important to us who was not observing the same stuff we were and it was uh pretty interesting it's confusing i mean it is the idea is like we want them to choose what they want to be as opposed to forcing it on them right, right. um and i think it's easier for it to happen that way when neither of us are hard line whatever like i i love 
I love the idea of Judaism. I love the cultural aspect. I love the um, the rituals of Judaism. Okay. But I can't say that I agree with everything, and I feel like organized religion can often be used as a way to stop people from doing things, and you can turn and twist Manip- it to make it— manipulate the shit exactly, out of them. Exactly, exactly. But, like, I love the idea, again, like, was 613 laws, right, with Judaism? Yeah, The idea totally. is that they're supposed to tell you when—what shoe you tie first, what, what clothes you should wear, because that's stupid shit. That stuff you shouldn't have to worry about. That way you can use your brain and focus on the important stuff. That's hmm. the idea. And I like okay, that. Yeah. But it's figuring out if we all agree what the important stuff is and how to do the important well, that's, stuff. And that's that, probably why so many. I remember going to a, at our science, too, as a group, and they defined religion as scrupulous conformity, which just means we go blind. Like you said, we want to take that off your plate. Here's what we just know. This is what we do. You just work on the important just, stuff. Yeah. So and I get, and that's why, because we're trying at, at some point when we we're trying to become a civilization and not just a bunch of people, you know, fending for ourselves, and gathering we had to have some kind of thing on the same page that we all believed in yeah. so we could all work towards a similar goal. And now, you know, which, which was that. good until we met people that believed in a different that's thing. That's right. We believed in it. Like, and we, then it's we like, we got to kill yeah. you now. You know that. Yeah. You can't have sex. We have to kill you. This is going to be tough. <laughs> I, I we do have sex. Though. We can't tell anybody about <laughs> yeah, it. It's yeah. a deep, dark heart. Yeah, because the, the big guy's watching. <laughs> mm. uh, you said, like, uh, you want your children to pick their religion, right? I feel like people say that a lot, and it's, I think it sounds good. Does anybody know anyone who's ever picked a religion in life? Or, but, like, how do you present them with the options? Right, like, right You don't go right. out of your way to present them, like, well, the, Buddhism, do you? The idea is that we do, like, my husband has always said, like, at this point, that he's not religious. But if he were to pick something, he likes the idea of Buddhism. Okay. So the idea is that we would steer them in different directions. But I don't want to force religion down their throat. And I know that people say a lot of times when you don't do that, they just end up being nothing. Yeah. But I also feel like when you force religion down people's throat, they end up rejecting it completely. So, I, I mean, for me, like, religion at times can be a source of comfort. You know, when someone passes yes. away yes. in that community yes. and all of that, I love that. I think that's great. And as long as they have that sense of community, I'm happy. I mean, I wish I was one of those people who was devout because I think just believing that there's a reason that it all happens and it all is meant Yo, to be this way yes. would be wonderful. The amount of but stress But I just that don't takes, work that way. Like, if you've ever met someone who's like a devout really of any time who can just go it's all in god's hands now and then turn that way and do something else they're gonna live to be like 150 years old they're gonna have a stress-free life because they're like nothing i can do about it it's in god's hands so let's just go keep on having fun yep people who don't have that that release that religion they're just it's all on our shoulders it's like the weight of the world on our shoulders we're We're still questioning if it was right to have kids like they're they're we can't do anything about it now that's what god wanted so we just gonna keep on going forward it's like a boomerang though you use it when you're young and then it whips back around when you're old because you can't handle like yeah. you can't handle there's just too much going on like my mom who's is brilliant like as i'm watching her get older i'm seeing her struggle with the comcast remote this woman has like three master's degrees <sighs> but like as you get older like there's just too much to be thinking about that like you need things simplified and i think that's why religion in the beginning of your life and at the end of sure. life is so big because it helps answer the because like, that's really what religion is it's like answering the questions that we can't with our own eyes and science like, and it's i trying think to it's fill the community the aspect too i think having yeah. like-minded people around you to co-sign what you're thinking and saying yeah. and feeling that is yeah. a that is a good. But it can also be, that can also be like the detrimental portion of it too. True, like absolutely. You, you know, the guy the term 
like a gossiping church lady. You ever hear someone say something like that? Yeah. Because you get in those things, and it does get very gossipy, clicky, and like, oh, that person is this, and they're they're over there, very and we don't judgy. really like them. Yeah, and, and it's like, so we came here for this camaraderie and these people to be on our team in the name of the Lord or Hashem or whatever the f- you're into, and then you've turned into this person who's like very exclusive and doesn't mesh well with those people and you know, all that stuff. Well, that's right. They're not They're not doing religion for religion's sake. It's like the women at this Girl Scout thing. They weren't doing it so that their daughters <laughs> right. could be Girl Scouts and learn about and the, the science. Patches, they yeah. did it because, yeah, it was like they another... They feel like they're supposed to. They feel like they're supposed to. They're checking to. the boxes exactly. and doing right. what they need I feel to like, do. I feel like, and I also feel like religion, it's kind of like, like diabetes. It like skips a generation. <laughs> <laughs> Not that diabetes. I've noticed. No, diabetes skips a generation, doesn't it? I don't like, think so. You very. I, I, I feel like. <laughs> <I'm> very, <laughs> I think diabetes skips. It. Let's Google it. I think diabetes skips. It. <laughs> I don't think but, they're witches' curses. No, <laughs> but, but I'll I, take a look. I think double, that, double, toilet. I think that like people who have very religious parents. They usually are not very religious, but then they may raise their kids to be religious. I feel like it very seldom does it go religious, 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 reli- like all the way down. I don't know. I, I feel, feel like, like it goes, sometimes it goes religious, 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 never again. You know, no, I mean, it, it, it's, it probably it's, ebbs and flows. I, well, it's funny because like we talked about like my parents for the longest time. They both were gay. I think they knew their whole lives, but they couldn't be, weren't allowed to. So they both tried to go to the seminary. Like before they met each other, they both separately went into the oh, seminary. Man. And then they were like, this isn't working. And then they went to a Jesuit university, which is where they met. And they're like, all right, let's try to play let's house. Let's be each other's beard. And then be we're fun. like, oh, wait, yeah. And then wait a second. And I think that that happens a lot. But even my uncle, my mom's brother, who's also gay, was like the most religious man I ever met in my life, even though his lifestyle was... Like, I think he was just this, but I think he was doing it because it was the comfort of what his parents did. Yep. And so people, we just want to hold on to things. I that think that's why things are are passed down a lot of times. It's not even like, oh, you're so devout, but it's like there's comfort, there's, there's I'm doing what ritual, I'm there's to be all doing. of that stuff that you remember from your childhood and you want to pass that down to your kids in whatever. Yeah. Now, do your kids ever go to either of your parents and go with them to whatever they services they we've go done, to? We've done services. Like, they've gone with my parents to synagogue before. Um, and What do they think? They got to think that's well, it's the, wild Well, it's the kids' service. And so also, kind of my daughter loves Hala, so she thinks it's great. I think most people, once they... Get their first taste of challah. Now, have they also went with your husband's parents at all ever? My my mother, it, my mother in law's in Brooklyn, so they don't really we don't get to see her as, as much. much yeah. I mean, she's been. I think she's <laughs> taken my daughter to to Easter services like once, but it's not been okay. Um, so it's not as much on both sides. Again, I think the difference is too. Like, I am more religious than my husband, and my family is here, so we do a lot of that stuff. That makes sense. So it's not like he's reinforcing the religious side because he doesn't care. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, so it's a fun when little. They, when they go to synagogue and or church, are they, are they <laughs> no, like. It's just, just Googling the genetics of diabetes <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, some, yeah, you guys were talking. It turned great, out I'm right. But, uh, I just, just remember okay. this. No, no, not at all. It, it, but <laughs> if, no, no, I mean, it, it's got nothing. I, again, you have two, you know, the type one and type two. Type one is uh, you have red risk. Oh, Jesus Christ, Albert. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. This is also, this is from, this is from the generation. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I know multiple generations. Because your told you it skipped a generation.
generation yeah. doesn't make it true, dude. I know multiple generations of people that have it, so I feel like right, you so are at risk for type one and type two. Just be careful and get checked by a doctor. So right? when like they, when they, out. <laughs> are we sponsored by the American Diabetes? <laughs> yes, we are now. Yep. When when I guess what I'm saying is when they go to like church, there's it's in English, right? It there's, is. The songs have a different cadence, a different energy. The it's it's different. It's a different experience. When they go to synagogue, it's probably Baruch, mostly, yeah, and mostly there is Hebrew, Hebrew. And, and most people are mumbling through that because let's keep it real, Jews. You don't know what the fuck you're saying. No, <laughs> we know. We know the. Trust me, we know the prayers. We just don't all know what they mean. Yeah, but like we yeah. know them. So, but, but I think and are they like what the fuck? But it's mean? but again, they're children's services. The idea is to try and make it accessible to children so they understand why. Hey, they're my doing daughters what have always doing. loved it when they've gone either with my mom or my wife's parents. Actually, my wife's parents had donated the land that the church is on. So like my my. Brethren, like, I don't know if you know much about brethren, it's a step up from like Mennonite, but it's like, uh, okay. it, but it's so they don't make their own clothing and things like that, but very strong adherence to the Bible, not mm. much frills in terms of like the service or okay. the church itself. Um, in terms of like your back, Amish, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is so it, is it close to it's close. Like her, okay. yeah. Her some of her, like her one uncle is more Mennonite, where they make their own clothes and nice do some of that. So it's a little bit more traditional. So they adhere more to the scripture than all the extras. But it, but the girls go and they have a great time. They go with my mom. Like they're gonna gain experience. They're gonna meet people. It's the community. So like for me, I'm I'm more than happy for them to to go and experience um, the different styles of religion and whatever, because I think that I, I want them to know that it's there. Whatever gives you comfort, you exactly. know, and doesn't make you a piece of shit human being is go. good, good, good That's usually a good that's equation. Good that's the, that's yeah. the branding that I would so want. Let me ask you this. What would you do, right, if you're a your kid, let's say your kid's like 14, he has his bar mitzvah, which are, are they, they probably won't have bar mitzvahs. We'll see. Here's the thing. We're in an area where there are a lot of Jews, so I wonder if they're going to be like, that looks fun. And I'll be like, yeah. well, it's uh, work. So <laughs> they, uh, made, they made a lot of money off that birthday yeah. party. But you do, I mean, you got to you you learn some read ancient and Hebrew and do shit. Yeah, and yeah no, it's, it's not for nothing. But let's just, say, let's just say, hypothetically, your son, he gets his bar mitzvah. He's hanging around the, the rabbi in the synagogue, and he's into it. Next thing you know, it's Friday night, five o'clock, and he's like, "Hey, we can't turn off, turn off or on any lights in the house mm -hmm. because we're Jewish." And I'm taking it. How would you react to that? I'll be like, "That is totally fine. I have a show, so <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave yeah, before right. sundown just to make sure I don't offend you." And Godspeed. So you'd be like, "You can do your thing." Well, I Mama's mean, gonna do her thing. listen, I became a vegetarian when I was like 14. Which and is almost like a religion. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and it was annoying to the people. I mean, I wasn't I don't think I was too proselytizing about it, but my my parents didn't stop me from doing it. They were just like, that's cool. Because I wasn't like, I'm not going to eat it if there's a chicken on the table. I was just like, all right, I won't eat that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, right. I feel like you got to let kids figure their let stuff out. Yeah. And let the, as long as they're not hurting anybody or themselves, okay. like. Figure it out. Take your time. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the dads for once. Give these daddies a break. And maybe follow, subscribe, like, and comment to the dads on Instagram and YouTube at Seriously Dad Pod. Rate and review Seriously Dad Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Seriously, Dad. How you doing? This is Neil Wood from the Cult of Us podcast. Speaking on behalf of Drop 10 Media Network, the network you're currently listening to. 
make sure to check out all the other podcasts on the network. You can go to drop10.com to check them all out. Make sure to like, subscribe on everything that you see Drop 10 on. We appreciate it. Go to drop10.com now. This has been a Drop 10 Media Production.